Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The opinion line on Corks ninety six FM. A couple of interesting uh, stories to do with both drink and drugs in the news today. One is the front page of the Examiner, where it says hospital emergencies caused by drink and drug taking among young people are on the rise and there's been an alarming spike in cases involving cocaine. The other one comes from Scotland where it says that their minimum pricing on alcohol which remember came in here in January and we were told it was going to be the saviour of so many things and so many people. It's not working. In Scotland, they're saying, well, actually, it hasn't really changed the habits of those who suffer the worst effect of alcoholism. Let's bring uh, Michael Gearan uh, from Coonward and Brewery in on both of those. Michael, if, if you wouldn't mind, I'll start with the um, with the minimum pricing, which the reports out of Scotland indicate that the habits it wanted to change or they wanted to change using minimum pricing that they haven't changed. Good morning. Good morning, PJ, and it's good to talk to you. Yes, sir. And I suppose it's interesting to see the, the report from Scotland that the minimum unit pricing um, provisions which they introduced there didn't have the desired effect as, as far as they were concerned. There have been other encouraging reports of minimum unit pricing introduction from places like Australia and so on, where they saw a great reduction in the number of for example, alcohol-related admissions to accident and emergency departments. Mm. Um, I suppose the whole notion of minimum unit pricing is that the area where it has an effect on is the middle ground. And by the middle ground, I mean the harmful drinkers as opposed to the alcohol-addicted cohort of the population. Right. Because the uh, people who are addicted to alcohol, price really isn't relevant. They will They will set aside other things often essential items and fixate upon and prioritize the alcohol consumption. But but minimum unit pricing was seen to be an, an effective measure against harmful binging um, on alcohol, whereby the price would discourage people yeah. from taking that course of action. Two things, if you go into any off-license of your choice now, Michael, you'll find that what I might call mid-range mid-range white wine, mid-range red wine. It's gone up a euro, maybe a euro fifty. It hasn't gone through the roof. Now, the slabs of beer have gone through the roof. But people who bought two bottles of white wine with their shopping are still buying two bottles of white wine with their shopping. So that that hasn't stopped. No, and I I suppose that's a good thing in a way in that the people who are drinking responsibly um, in that situation aren't hit to any great extent in terms of price. Yeah. I suppose it was all geared towards 
again, going back, it kind of links into the other story, that there was an unholy amount of young people turning up in places like A&E's in a bad way from yeah. drinking too much. Yeah. And the whole notion with minimum unit pricing, there was a belief, and it was a correct belief, that alcohol through multiple retailers in strong concentrations and in big quantities was too cheap and minimum unit pricing was an attempt to address that anomaly yeah. in the market I suppose I guess the, the one thing we heard at the time too that in the house where there is an alcoholic the alcoholic won't lo- won't miss out on their drink but children might lo- miss out on their dinner and there you are you see there's the problem and that's particularly relevant now when you see the increases in the cost of living that have taken place in the intervening time, that like everybody is shorter of money now than we were six months ago. And there's no doubt about it. People who are fully blown alcoholic will prioritize alcohol over stable items like, for example, food. Is is that a kind of an unfortunate side effect of trying to make it make it better for the rest of us or something, Michael. It is. And you see, the thing about minimum unit pricing, while it has been seen to be effective in some places, it's very much a blunt, indiscriminate instrument in that it doesn't discriminate between the responsible drinker, the harmful drinker, and the alcoholic. So it has various effects on those various tiers of people in terms of their alcohol consumption. So in Scotland, they may they may change their tack. We'll see. Now, the one on the front of the examiner particularly interests me, and also I'll be talking uh, later this morning with Dr. Chris Luke um, about various things. But I'll bring this up with him: um, cocaine, a spike in the taking of cocaine among young people. Now, you're quoted in the article on the examiner, but Michael, you and I spoke about this a long time ago. You pointed to this a long time ago. Yeah, I'd say it could have been four or five years ago, PJ, that we recognised that this this ramping up of cocaine, there had been a little bit of a fall off after the financial crisis and the, Celt- the whole Celtic Tiger era. Um, but cocaine has taken on a completely new significance now in terms of substance misuse in Ireland. Cocaine historically was linked to affluent professional high-earning people who used to use cocaine in in party situations and some of them would go on to develop an addiction to cocaine. No cocaine is everywhere in Ireland. Rurals, towns, villages, cities, everywhere. And I mean, we, we, genu- we genuinely have no idea the extent to which cocaine is being traded and consumed recreationally, harmfully and addictively all around us. We're knee-deep in it, aren't we? Oh, we need you. After we're neck deep, I'd say, PJ, to, to be quite honest. And I mean, we were talking there in the article. We see all these seizures of cocaine taking place by the Gardaí, which is a good thing. But we never see a shortage of supply to the end user, which is giving us an idea of the actual vast amounts of cocaine that are being brought into Ireland illegally and being traded, you could say, on every street corner at this stage. It, it's, it's, I can't articulate are put in towards the, the extent to which I believe cocaine has infiltrated Irish society. Is it being abused more than cannabis now? It's, it's the, 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 the report says it's not being consumed more than cannabis. It's, it's certainly a far more dangerous drug than cannabis. Of course. And yeah. it is a higher addictive potential than cannabis, and the potential for harm is far higher. So I would personally think, without having any data to back this up, I would say cocaine is the number one drug in terms of 
the, the harm it is going to cause over the next short to medium term. Like in, in your work with the people that come to you and say, I need your help, Michael. Uh, again, we've talked about this many times. You know, alcohol is an ever-present Cannabis is never present. That's where they started. Are you seeing more people presenting to you now where cocaine was the introductory drug? Yeah, you see, this is the very interesting part now, PJ. It would appear to me, um, and this is just one man's opinion, that cocaine is being is being taken into this milieu of substances with which young people um, experiment during their adolescent years. And we have clients now coming to us in their early 20s telling us that they have used cocaine as young as the age of 15. Not only that, they are telling us that the people who supplied them with the cannabis in their younger years introduced them to cocaine at that point. So there's very good, strong anecdotal evidence coming to us from the testimony of the clients that, that is telling us that cocaine now is becoming almost a rite of passage in this country. Um, its consumption has been become, become so normalised. One of the things that I found most frightening uh, over the years was reading a report that young women who were trying to lose weight and got into one of these diet fads started taking cocaine. Yeah, um, because cocaine is one of these, because it's a stimulant, it speeds up your metabolic rate and you turn to burn off food um, far quicker than if, if you didn't take it. And the other thing about cocaine is the use of cocaine is reasonably easy to hide insofar as people are quite obvious when they are under the influence of alcohol or any other sedative, whereas cocaine users are not that easy to, to spot. Um, people who are in stimulants, they have a higher level of awareness and they're sharper and they're, they're more active and more animated, certainly. But they don't go falling around the place like people who would be intoxicated from alcohol or any other sedative would. So that's the reason why a lot of cocaine abuse seems to go under the radar as well, is that people are not necessarily tuned into its effects. Now, Michael, we have instruments like uh, minimum pricing and people can differ on its effectiveness and that's that's fine that's a matter for debate we can we can do that uh, to try and tackle our alcohol issues what the hell can we do to try and tackle the fact that we are like you said <clears throat> neck deep in cocaine well again going back to the point that you said there we spoke about this a number of years ago we again spoke about that really the only answer and the only possible solution to, to extricate ourselves in this very serious situation is to stop creating potential new addicts at the younger end of the scale. So we really need to look at this stage of putting something really meaningful into our secondary schools in terms of education and prevention um, for the dangers of over-enthusiastic alcohol consumption and consumption of illicit drugs in any shape or form for our young people mm. because that's sadly lacking and that's where I feel the battle is being won and lost because the clients we are meeting in early adulthood, in every case, the seed was sown when they were secondary school going age. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the intervention needs to be, yeah. you but see, I am you, you, pretty you have, certain. You have the problem, Michael, that you know when you're 14 or 15 and someone like yourself, Michael, goes and stands at the top of the classroom the tendency is, oh, there was an old man in today talking about drugs. And that doesn't yeah. that message doesn't drop. So we have to find some way that does drop. 
Yes, absolutely. And I would see the young way as being young people. Um, some people don't agree necessarily with the testimony of people who have fallen foul of drugs being given to young people. I think it might be quite effective. You are right, 50-something-year-old fellas like me are not relevant at all in terms of, of mm. teenagers um, and going in to speak to them. But certainly there needs to be addiction professionals in schools as well. Um, Counselling in schools has been more... Um, um, has not has been more directed towards general counselling than addiction counselling. But maybe for a start, the school counsellors need to upskill in addiction, possibly. But there certainly needs to be some sort of educational module. Right. Now, someone has just been on the phone here, Michael, and again, this comes up all the time whenever you and I talk. As why does cannabis have to be brought into everything? I've been on it for 12 years. I don't think it's addictive or harmful or a gateway drug. I'll tell you what the problem is. It's tablets. People aren't factoring this into the equation. It often starts with a prescription drug and then gets overlooked. I know a lot of people who started that way. And a couple of weeks ago, Michael, I did speak to a man here on the phone who injured his back, got started on one of these strong painkillers, and he is now totally addicted. We should never forget an awful lot of the addiction that's out there is to legitimate stuff given over the counter. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, nobody has spoken more vocally in the past about the dangers of benzodiazepine misuse and opiate misuse in its prescribed form than I have. And it's absolutely, in terms of, of harmfulness, um, prescription, certain prescription medications would rate far above cannabis in terms of their addictive potential and their danger. Um, I suppose we speak about cannabis in um, in terms of it being one of the drugs that people encounter along the way um, on their journey to ending up dealing with somebody like me with a very serious issue at that point. Yeah. Um, some people take cannabis recreationally and don't become addicted. Equally, a lot of people drink alcohol recreationally yes. and socially and yes. don't become addicted. Yes. So I suppose in that respect, that does not alter the fact. And, that and some people, people take cannabis there. for pain and it, genu- and, it, and it genuinely seems to have some effect on it. You're also being told here, Michael, some Garda informants are told to say they were put on the path to cannabis uh, and to say that to a judge that they started on cannabis and they'll get a lighter sentence. I don't know if you've ever heard that. That's true. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever come across that one. It's it's a weird one, but it's it's a, a view that's coming on the phone. Michael, always a pleasure to speak with you, Michael Gearan, uh, from Brewery, from uh, Coonverda and Brewery. What that man does not know about drugs and addiction and dealing with people who are addicted to drugs and drink, it, it ain't worth talking about. Thanks, Michael, as always. Courts ninety six FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.